Well, I asked, where's the beef? Let's call this for what this is. Oh my God. <laughs> they are so hopelessly woke. How dare you? <laughs> that is the intellectual capital of the left today. Give me a break. You are now watching the <coughs> Daily Roundup. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned into the Daily Roundup on this, a Tuesday, May 2nd, 2023. I'm David Menzies and my co-host, well, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host. Do you know, folks, that today is World Tuna Day? And my co-host to show sympathy and solidarity to the ever-beleaguered tuna fish decided to hold the onions on her tuna fish sandwich earlier this morning. She is the she-devil with a sword. She is the Khaleesi of Northern Alberta. She is Sheila Gunn-Reed. How you doing there, Sheila? David, I'm doing great, but I haven't touched tuna since Lent was over. <laughs> because <laughs> as our regular viewers know, I gave up meat for Lent, which is very difficult for me because I am a carnivore and I every day it was like three cans of tuna trying to meet those protein targets. And if I see tuna again, I'm going to freak out. So wow. uh, I will not be celebrating National Tuna Day. <laughs> However, it is, um, I, I guess it's also um, National baby day so that's good i like babies baby? i love babies yeah baby's day baby day and also take a baby to lunch day <laughs> so there's that too just any baby you can take i guess you could just say like give me your baby we're going to ricky's or, or well, whatever like i don't know <laughs> well you know what sheila getting back to the tuna fish i want to applaud your due diligence to catholic doctrine uh lord knows uh, even catholic schools catholic school boards catholic teachers uh they've thrown that baby out with the bathwater uh anything goes let's take the cross down put up a a pride progress flag complete with the bipoc vagina uh so it is nice to see a common citizen can i call you that <laughs> a, yes a nice lady can i call you that <laughs> i don't know it depends on the day <laughs> it depends on the day and who you're asking and look i'm not i'm not a good catholic like I'm, I'm not good at it but the beauty of my religion is we've got a sacrament built right into it to deal with the fact that you're gonna fail at it um but i'm a pretty good confessant um but i don't know if you saw in the general chat this morning david but i got a very good, nice, uh, reassuring email from my daughter's Catholic school. She's in grade eight, and they're going to be talking about human sexuality. And it was like assuring the parents that we are only going to talk about this through a biological perspective and only very strictly through the Catholic worldview and Catholic wow. teaching on such things as abstinence and gender theory and all those things. So I was like, perfect. I guess I don't have to go down to the school like my hair's on fire. <laughs> I still might just to double check everybody's work. But it was nice to see. And there was also the option to opt out. Like if you don't think your kid is ready or if you think you're best suited to talk to your child about these things, then please feel free to opt out. So I thought that the, the advanced warning system from the school made me feel really good today. Well, hallelujah to that, Sheila. That's my kind of Catholic school. Um, it isn't amazing. They've got to send out a memo to parents saying, oh, don't worry, we're not going to be weirdos. <laughs> We're, we're going to stick to Catholic and scientific doctrine, so you don't have to worry about anything. 
So Efron actually says we can show that because I took a screenshot and I was like, hey, look, at this is what it actually means to go to a Catholic school. So she it's cropped out. I'm just going to see where I can find it in the general chats because there's no way in hell that I can actually read it from where it is there. So I'm just going to poke around and see if I can. If I, here it is. OK, perfect. Um, so that we can read it. So. This is from my daughter's Catholic school. We're going to crop out which school she goes to so you guys don't bother her there. Not you guys, but the antis. They have no problem dragging people's kids into things. So it says, uh, in Catholic schools, human sexuality instruction is presented in the context of our faith tradition. Human sexuality, family, life instruction outcomes are covered in the new health and life skills program from grades four to nine. So age appropriate. Um, Alberta Learning has stipulated that any parents who wish so can have their child exempted from the human sexuality lessons. Alberta remains the sanest place in this pro or in this country. The student as a child of God will examine the wonder of human reproductive process and recognize how sexual development is unique and diverse. The student will identify the effects of social influence on sexuality and gender roles and equity, i.e. through media and culture. I think that's the closest we get to social justice in any of this, but whatever. As well, the student will examine the influences on personal personal decision-making for responsible sexual behavior. For example, family, cultural beliefs, religious and social values. The student will explore the personal decision-making process from a Catholic perspective. Um, the student will also examine our Christian principle of human dignity, which calls us to a chaste life and explore abstinence as a faithful response to God's call. The student as a child of God will explore and be respectful of the unique development of self and others, physical, emotional, sexual, spiritual, and social development. The student will explore our Christian understanding of human beings as being relational. The student will identify and describe from a Catholic perspective the responsibilities and consequences associated with the sexual relationship. The student will describe symptoms and blah, blah, blah of, um, you know, STDs and stuff. The student will explore our Catholic teaching regarding our openness to life within marriage and identify contraception technologies and critique the contraceptive mentality from the viewpoint of the Catholic tradition. I'm, I was so excited and so happy to see that email that it, it, they're taking very special care to align with Catholic teaching when talking to 13-year-olds about reproductive processes. But you know what, Sheila, it doesn't say a lot about our world for a Catholic school to send out a memo to parents saying, um, with our upcoming lessons, we will be adhering to Catholic doctrine. I mean, <laughs> you have to state that today because otherwise, yeah. well, look what's happening with the wackadoodle school boards in uh, Southern Ontario, including Catholic ones where um, uh, I made the mention, and this actually happened at a school in Toronto, where the cross went down, the rainbow flag went up, and it was called the Rainbow Room. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you are all down with the transgender revolution and you hate Catholicism, then why are you a teacher in the Catholic board yeah. to begin with? Well, that's the thing. There's a whole other board that you can just pollute with your weird ideology. You don't even have to be Catholic. That's the beauty of Christianity. Yeah. There's a gazillion different denominations. Find the one that fits you. You're probably best suited for the United Church, probably, which I, I'm not even sure is a church at all at this point. But I wasn't surprised, frankly, to see this email come into my email inbox this morning. Uh, my daughter's teacher on this, her father was uh, like a lay chaplain for me in high school. So good Orthodox Catholic family, um, teaching in a Catholic school, exactly the kind of teachers you want in a Catholic school. Um, 
I guess the moral of the story is that um, it can be done. Like if the parents sort of, I don't want to say act up, but yeah. if you send a message to these extra woke school boards, yeah. um, you know, you can get back to where my school is right now. Like you get, you can get back there. Truth always wins, but you can't let the lies prevail. Praise the Lord. Although, Sheila, yeah. I, I really can't say that phrase anymore without thinking of the Praise the Lord Club, the PTL Club, the PTL. Uh, with the disgraced uh, Jim and Tammy. And I'll tell you something, folks. Uh, I was in high school at the time, so it's late 70s. I'm watching PTL Club. I was already on to Jim Baker. Something's not quite right. And I'll tell you what got me on to that. He did this anecdote where he said, you know, Tammy Faye is from Minnesota and there's a game that's really big in Minnesota. It's called ice hockey. And my ears perked up. And he said, in ice hockey, there's a player called the goalie. And the goalie is trying to stop the puck from going in the net. He's trying to deny your, your, um, your goals. That is Satan's uh, role in society. And I'm going, wait a minute. Uh, I play net. You're calling me the devil? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I guess, and this was about a couple of years before the inception of uh, the New Jersey Devils, I might add. But um, yeah, so I, I just thought, didn't understand so why Tammy Faye didn't wear waterproof <laughs> mascara. Because that was a thing back then. But she never wore waterproof mascara. And she'd get on her crying jags for some oh. reason on the shows all the time. And it was just like. Oh, that's why I tuned in, Sheila. And, and her face, <laughs> you know, after the waterworks started with Tammy Faye Baker, uh, my goodness, her face looked like Jerry Cheever's goalie mask. Uh, if, if you're of an age that that doesn't uh, resonate, uh, Google it. Jerry Cheever's had a plain white, you know, Friday the 13th style face forming mask. And what he did every time he took a puck off the face, he painted stitches where the shot came. And that looked like Tammy Faye's face yeah. once the waterworks kicked in. But From what I understand, she was a very nice lady. Um, I don't know if she was all that clueless about what was going on in the ministry, as she claimed. But um, I just, uh, they, yeah. just wear waterproof mascara if you're going to ball your eyes out every single night. Yeah. Anyway. And Plenty of blame to go around. I'm not buying that Jessica Hahn was a quiet little reserved church secretary either. Okay, Sheila. But anyways, we went off on a crazy tangerine there. What are we trying <laughs> to do here, Sheila, today? Big time. Um, so this is the Rebel News Daily Roundup. It's, uh, as you can tell, where we talk about the news of the day or just things that come into our mind sometimes completely unscripted. And uh, we take you along for the ride. Um it's normally hosted by my friend David Menzies. I'm co-hosting today, but there's a rotating cast of on-air talent that also co-hosts with David. Um, I think we act as the brakes to his gas pedal <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> um, and um, you can watch us on YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, Twitter, and Getter, but also local. So if you are in our locals community, why don't you watch us over there? If you want to leave us a paid chat to support the work that we do, you definitely cannot do that on the YouTube censorship platform um but you can do that on rumble or you can do that on odyssey on okay. rumble it's called a rumble rant on odyssey it's called a hyper chat and we will get to those uh well whenever we have time but it's a good reason to stick around to the end of the show and we will read them all then um if we miss one tune in next time and we'll we'll 
do our best to read your question, query, comment, or story idea there. And as I said, it's a great way for you to support the work that we do completely willingly because we'll never take a penny from Justin Trudeau. And it also helps us democratize the show. We want to know what you think about what the work about the work that we're doing because without you, there is no work that we're doing. Yeah. And I think that's it. All right, Sheila. Well done. And the top story today, folks. Uh, well, looks like President Joe Biden bought a calendar, which is to say he now realizes we're um, a third of the way into um, 2023 as opposed to languishing in 2021 because, Sheila, the Biden-Harris administration will end COVID-19 vaccination requirements for federal employees, contractors, international travelers, Head Start educators, not sure what that is, and CMS certified facilities, according to the White House. Uh, wow, lo and behold, um, talk about being a little late to the game, but I, I guess better late than never, eh, Sheila? I guess. I mean, but this is crazy. And what happens <laughs> to all the people who were laid off because of these vaccine mandates? Do they get right of first refusal to come back to work? Um, but it, I don't know. Is wait yeah exactly David what year is this is twenty twenty three right like how is Joe Biden worse than Justin Trudeau on this issue but he is yeah and you know I'm so happy because I really do want to get in the uh, Menzoy mobile and go on a road trip a day trip uh, to the U S to Buffalo to Detroit and um, I can tell you Sheila I think I might have told this anecdote if you don't think. This is important. Here's why it is. Uh, we have a friend in the mainstream media, good guy. I'm not going to say his name, but he brought his son around Christmas time of last year to the Peace Bridge to take him to a Buffalo Sabres hockey game. And uh, right off the bat, and I told him, I said, listen, um, it according to our dear friend Yankee in Florida, it all depends on who you get at the border if they're going to ask about yep. your vaccination status. And typically there's one Karen on duty, okay? And our friend noticed right away that the line he was in was going three times slower than all the other lines. So a real border guard hard ass was at work. And sure enough, when he asked, do you have uh, your vaccination? Because they also told him, according to our friend Yankee, do not lie. Because if you yeah. do, you might You'll be You'll never get back in. Yeah, yeah, for 10 years, maybe forever. Do not lie. And at first he got a little cute. He go, uh, he said, well, we have our flu vaccinations. That made him super mad. He screamed at him, told him to pull over. Um, the words coming out of this man's mouth were repugnant and even racist. Of course, you're not allowed to record at the border. That would be a violation. If there was a recording of this and you were allowed to record, I would say this border guard would have lost his job. The point is, um, just for him going to an arena with almost 20,000 other people, uh, him and his son were considered to be modern-day versions of Typhoid Mary. They were denied entry, uh, probably written up in some notebook, and uh, for no reason, no valid reason. Remember, this is late December in 2022. So, Hallelujah, hallelujah here again, Sheila, that this ridiculous regulation is going the way of the dodo bird. Well, and don't get me wrong. I think you should be able to decide who comes into your country for whatever reason. That's what sovereign nations can do. But it seems a tad unscientific 
when you're cracking down on Canadians who are just trying to enter your country, watch a hockey game, and then go right back home. Um, and versus what's happening at the southern border, where Bingo. just people are flooding across the border. It's wide open. God only knows who they are. There's no vetting. There's no anything. There's definitely no vaccination checks. Um, and then they get piled into overcrowded migrant facilities. And yet a, a Canadian who's just trying to do what they've always done and cross the world's largest undefended border yep. for a little bit of shopping, a little bit of entertainment, and then go back home and be completely honest about it at the border. They're the ones being treated like the criminals. A hundred percent. You make a great point. You're right. Uh, Texas border towns right now, Sheila, their shelters are overwhelmed. It's a true Eagle crisis yeah. with illegal yeah. migrants. And it's funny, though, you raise a good point. I, I'm not quite sure what it is. I have a theory. Um, illegal migrants going north via the southern border of the U.S. OK, uh, illegal uh, trespassers. I won't mention his name, but there's one notorious uh internet personality that tried from your province to cross into, I think it was Montana, uh, you, you know, uh, several months ago. Um, and he was arrested and he was sent back to Canada. Uh, but it. nevertheless, why is there two different sets of standards for the northern and southern border, Sheila? Well, I think we all know why. Yeah. Maybe um, changing the demographics for the Democrat Party uh, by you know, letting people uh, migrating in illegally and the quid pro quo never said, but intimated uh, just every four years, uh, you you vote, you put your ex for a uh, team blue uh, and keep us in power. Right. It's it's all about flipping Texas. That's what it's all about. Yes. Flipping Texas, flipping Florida. It's why the Democrats hate it when Greg Abbott says, OK, get on this bus. You're going to New York because. <laughs> You need to leave those Democrat voters in Texas to flip the state. They can't go to New York where it doesn't matter. So that's what it's about. It's about flipping Texas because of the um, the impact that Texas has on presidential elections. Oh, but it does matter in New York, as you well know, she-devil. Uh, know. Once they get there, the mayor of New York City, uh, suddenly this becomes a game of hot potato. <laughs> Oh, yeah. He buys them a bus ticket. We know the cost, $65, uh, to get to Plattsburgh. Uh, that's your next jumping off point into uh, Roxham Road. Uh, the Royal Canadian Mountain Police uh, reimagining themselves as bellhops. Um, so, yeah, it, it's kind of funny. They, they talk the talk about when it comes to walking the walk, when it comes to absorbing those social oh, yeah. costs. Uh, yeah, let, let's let the Quebecers and the Canadians worry about that. Oh, yeah, that's why they're like, oh, dang, they're supposed to stay in Texas where they're useful to the Democrats, right? But once they get into <laughs> New York, the migrants are no longer useful to the Democrats and the Democrats figure out that, hey, actually, they're a bit of a burden here. Let's make them Trudeau's problem. Trudeau's super progressive. Let's give them these people um, when really they should be just closing the southern border and fixing this problem altogether. Uh, let's just uh, quickly move ahead, uh, yeah. spend 30 seconds on this next thing. Yeah. Um, Fox News says that Tucker Carlson, since his departure from the network, although he's not really departed from the network, I think he's sort of not on air but can't go anywhere else um, due to contract issues. Um they're not going to air his documentary on Canadian tyranny, yeah. which is too bad 
But might I suggest that that is a good opportunity for you to throw your support behind a Rebel News documentary about Canadian tyranny. It's called Church Under Fire, Canada's War on Christianity. And it includes some of the same people um, in Tucker's documentary. And you can go to savethechristians.com where you can make a donation to support our work. It's a documentary project being put together by myself and our head documentary filmmaker, Kean Simone. Uh, we've been traveling all over the country, gathering up interviews uh, to tell the tales that the mainstream media would love for you to forget or forgive for that matter. Um, and if you do donate, there are certain tiers there. So we just don't want your money. We want to give you something if you help us make this project, um, because this is really the story of Canada. It's all of our story. And, and so we, we want you to be in, as invested in it as us. So we're giving you something back as an ownership stake. And Khaleesi, if I may, can we spend just a little more than 30 seconds on this? Because I have I skin I in the game. Uh, that camera crew came to Casa Menzoid in the middle of a blizzard, one of the worst snowstorms of our winter in January. That documentary team, there were three of them, were the nicest guys I've ever met in this business. They were absolutely fantastic. We got off so wonderfully. Uh, first of all, they were blown away by some of the, the the props in my house, if you want to call it that, including a, a big oil painting of Donald Trump, a uh, a bald cat with the Detroit Lions logo on it. They, they felt, are we in a Canadian house or an American one, right? And um, it was absolutely fantastic. They also had the absolute very latest digital cameras. Sheila, using such low light at first, I thought they didn't know what they were doing because I thought the light is so low and they invited me behind the camera to look. Oh my God, Sheila, we've got to somehow crowdfund eight grand for this next generation camera. It is cinematic quality with the lowest of light. But that all that aside, this was about Canadian tyranny. This was the documentary uh, Justin Trudeau did not want to have air in Canada, well, you can't get the spot, the Fox specialty uh, show, but there are ways around that, um, of course, VPN. And um, I am heartbroken that it will never see the light of day, Sheila. Um, I think uh, there's no questioning the journalism that went into this. Yeah. And for Fox to do this, this is spite, Sheila. This is journalistically sound. This is a scoop. This is something... Only Fox was covering. The other networks couldn't be bothered. First of all, for Canada, we're typically that big pink blob on the world map. They don't care. Tucker cared. Tucker deeply yeah. cared about Canada. He loves Canada. And this will not be aired. I mean, I just wonder if there's a way, you know, maybe we, we can ask uh, Fox, is this for sale? Maybe we can crowdfund it because it's that important that this gets to, to air. Uh, yes. Yes. And it's just a shame um, because it, this really was the historical marker of what Trudeau did over the three years yep. of the pandemic. And I would hate to see it go in the dustbin of history. It should be there for the world to see. Um, yeah. And frankly, frankly, only Fox News would have been interested in telling this story from the outside looking in. I mean, this is a story that we told every single day, which is why our journalists were 
um, interviewed in it. And so many of the people that we interviewed along the course of the last three years were interviewed in it, like James Coates and Tim Stevens and Alexa Lavoie in it and you're in it. And so, you know, it's just, it's just a real shame. I, I hope they do reconsider. It's funny, isn't it? Uh, in a perverse way, this is now the modern day version of the Jerry Lewis movie, The Day the Clown Cried, which has never been released. It's in a cinema. I think there's about three minutes of it that exists on the Internet. Um, talk about taste. Uh, it's where Jerry plays a clown in a concentration camp uh, to give the child victims uh, a feel good feeling uh, as they're marched into the gas chambers. I wonder why that never got released, Sheila. You know, I, I know I can see the look in your face, but Google it. It's the day the clown cried. Uh, that when we were at Yad Vashem, the Holocaust Museum, they have a a pop culture section of the museum about all the um, movies, novels, TV shows uh, yeah. that have a Holocaust theme. Uh, this is their great white whale. This is their Moby Dick. They would do anything to get their hands on this. But it's uh, evidently permanently out of circulation. And, uh, uh, and, and now we have our documentary about Canadian tyranny joining the day the clown cried. But like I said, we have our own documentary about yep. Canadian tyranny coming up, and it is Church Under Fire, and people can support that work at SaveTheChristians.com. Um, I'm going to, if you don't mind, David, let's skip over this Michael Barrett video. Okay, but you know what, Sheila? Before we collect our thoughts, I see we're already overdue for our first ad break. Okay, and, and then we'll come back and go into the Polyev video. Yeah. If, the man is getting very forceful about these ads, folks. Don't blame me. <laughs> okay, yes. check it out. <laughs> Before, listen up. I'm looking for collaborators in a new and exciting initiative. As you most likely know, YouTube a long time ago demonetized <laughs> Rebel News and we are 100% viewer funded. Now, while our supporters are fantastic at helping us cover legal campaigns and special reporting missions, unfortunately, the reality is our day-to-day -day operational expenses often exceed our income stream, which is crazy if you think about it because my videos across all platforms attract hundreds of thousands of views and sometimes even millions. So I want to share that reach with the right partners. If you have a product or business and want to enter a win-win relationship with me, please go to rebelnews.com forward slash ads and fill in the form to let me know. I won't be accepting anyone. I need to believe in your business or product so I can sell it proudly for you. And for successful applicants, I will guarantee a minimum view count, meaning even if your ad is published on the less popular reports, we'll keep promoting your business or product until it gets the agreed minimum eyeball. So again, if you have a cool company or product that either wants to take advantage of my reach or want to support my work through advertising in a way that you can write it off as a tax deduction or both, head over to rebelnews.com forward slash ads and hopefully we can join forces soon. Wow, what a salesman, Avi is, Sheila. And don't take my word for it. I heard in the morning meeting already several leads of potential advertisers down under have come in. Way to go, Avi. 
Yeah, I have to uh, do the video for Canada, and that's a tough act to follow. I'm not <laughs> sure if I'm going to be able to do that. Um, I might just poach his video word for word and just package it up for Canucks. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. There you go. Okay, Sheila, you wanted to uh, fast forward ahead to something that caught your lovely eye. Well, thank you. Um, this is Pierre <laughs> David, honest to God. Uh, so <laughs> so uh, this is Pierre Polyev, this video. He's slamming Trudeau for doing nothing for two years after learning a Chinese diplomat was threatening a conservative MP's family yes. member. So uh, go back a little. Michael Chong, uh, he's, I guess, ethnically Chinese. Um, he's got family in Hong Kong. And the Chinese government sounds like they were threatening his family in Hong Kong. Trudeau knew about it and didn't do anything. Now, dial back to, you know what? I'm going to keep my comments to myself. Let's watch the video yes. first. But this is outrageous. Can it you is. imagine that, like, the Chinese government is threatening family members of Canadian conservative ethnically Chinese MPs? And the prime minister knows he's been informed and he does absolutely nothing. Let's watch this video. And then I've, I've got some historical comments about the last time this sort of stuff happened and what when we had a good prime minister, what happened yeah. because of it. Indeed. Go ahead. Can't vote in the interests of Canada while their family members are threatened as consequence of those votes. It is unacceptable, as the okay, prime minister said, you. which is why it's so strange that he accepted it. His government produced a briefing note which exposed these threats to the MP's family two years ago. And yet the diplomat that worked to punish a Canadian MP's family is still in Canada when the Prime Minister could have expelled him. Why didn't he expel this diplomat? Absolutely unacceptable for any Canadian to be subject to uh, intimidation by a foreign power, uh, particularly threats against family and against uh, families of members of parliament. That's why, uh, as the reports came out this morning, I immediately asked officials uh, to follow up on these uh, on these reports uh, and to get to the bottom of this. Uh, I also asked uh, for outreach both on the political and uh, the uh, official side to the uh, to the member in question. Uh, we are going to continue to make sure uh, this is taken extremely seriously. Well, that's just false. He didn't immediately take, a take action. He took action after the media found out about it. That's right. He's, his government has known that a Canadian MP had his family threatened because that MP voted for human rights in the House of Commons. He knew about that for two years. He did exactly nothing. Furthermore, the same diplomat that orchestrated these threats against the MP's family, still works in the Toronto consulate of Beijing, even though the prime minister has the power to expel him. Will he expel him today? Yeah. Yeah. Right, honorable prime minister. As the reports were made public this morning, uh, we followed up immediately uh, with top officials uh, to get all the information on this file, on what happened, on who was informed and who was not informed, to make sure uh, that we are following up in an appropriate way. This is absolutely unacceptable, and it shouldn't have happened. 
Well, Sheila, blackface has that end part right. Absolutely unacceptable and should never have happened. So blackface, why did it happen? Well, and that's the thing. He's known for two years. And as Polyev points out, is this happening to liberal MPs? He says, you know, how can somebody vote in the best interest of Canada in the House of Commons if it puts the safety of their family elsewhere at risk? So, you know, Michael Chong, to his credit, was voting against, you know, China. He was uh, renouncing China and their treatment of ethnic and religious minorities there. Correct. Knowing, knowing full well it could put his family in jeopardy, but he was voting with his conscience. But as I hinted before we got into this video, there is some precedent for a, a prime minister doing the right thing here and not waiting for it to break in the media before you pretend to act. We're gathering information. You had the information two years ago, you big, dumb idiot. You didn't do anything, Trudeau. Harper, way back, I think it was in 2012, if I recall correctly, he blindsided everybody because he got the information and then immediately acted. And then the media is reporting like, what the heck is going on here? We didn't know any of this was happening. What Harper did was he, I think it was CSIS told him out of the embassy in Ottawa and out of the embassy, the Canadian embassy in Iran, they were bullying the families and intimidating the families of Iranian expats and Iranian defectors here in Canada. So they flee the regime, they come here to live in peace and harmony and human rights. And then the tentacles of the regime are working out of the consulates and the embassies to continue to intimidate the families of people who fled the regime and who are critical of the regime. And so it was happening both ways. So they're intimidating them here and then intimidating the families there. So what Harper did, as soon as he got this information, closed the consulate, closed the embassies here, kicked all the Iranian diplomats out, threw them out, and then closed the Canadian embassy there and said, there is no way that we are going to facilitate access to people whom we've promised can live in peace and harmony and human rights here. That's the right thing to do. And now, under the Liberals, we've got Iranian um, IRGC guys working out at the gym, yeah. um, not getting expelled. Like, that's how quickly the turnaround was right. from acting to protect expats here and defectors here to just having the IRGC just working out in the local gym. Well, um, Sheila, I'm sorry, but when you have a Liberal MP, uh, such as Majid Johari, the MP for Richmond Hill, who is pro-regime, if you can imagine, that's what you get, okay? He allows this murderous trash to come into our country because it's good for Majid Johari. It's not good for his constituents. Richmond Hill, the city, has, I think it's a 14% uh, demographic of um, Persians. Uh, I live in Richmond Hill, full disclosure. Never had a problem with any of them. I patronize their businesses, go to their restaurants, except for the guy who's the member of parliament who is pro-regime, even now uh, with the um, uh, life, liberty, and woman movement uh, going. Unbelievable. What a disgrace. There he is right there. Uh, I'm scrumming him in a um, at Hillcrest Mall a couple of years ago. Of course, uh, he didn't answer the questions. And uh, du rigueur, he phoned the police and we got frog marched out. There's your, yeah. the, you know. And the thing, but the thing I want to bring up, Sheila, forget about... Johari. But I would be as animated and outraged 
if this treatment happened sure. to a, a liberal, an NDP, a green, an independent, if we had a Marxist-Leninist MP in the House, this is apolitical in my viewpoint. Yeah. Like now you've crossed the line. You've gone after one of us. But leave it to blackface to go from the two Michaels, uh, Kovrig and Spavor, to the three Michaels. Now you can add Chong to that as a, a yet again another international disgrace. And why? Right now, as we're speaking, why isn't there an RCMP delegation at the Chinese consulate on Bedford Road in Toronto? We've been there. Yeah. And a uh, very nasty place. Iron Gates, a really uh, foul security guard. Uh, that's beside the point. Why aren't they frog marching this guy to the next flight uh, out of Pearson um, to uh, Beijing? Oh, then again, maybe there's... Uh, some PSAC or CRA strikers uh, gumming up the works at Pearson. Uh, hey, guys, come on, give us a break, right? Pearson doesn't even work <laughs> under normal conditions, okay? <laughs> right. Who could tell if there's disruption down there? Um, but the only guy in that conversation of the video we just saw expressing concern for the ability of all MPs yep. to do work without intimidation and vote in the best interest of Canada, whatever their conscience tells yep. them is the best interest of Canada, whatever... A, is the best interest of Canada in a liberal mind, an NDP mind, a conservative mind. The only guy expressing that concern was Pierre Polyev. Yeah. He's the guy who's all of a sudden now concerned about the liberal MPs who could be subject to intimidation. Um, just going back to when Harper tossed the Iranian diplomats out, it literally caught everybody off guard. If you go back and read the earliest media reports of that, it says many political commentators were puzzled by the abrupt decision, as there have been no recent public developments in the Iranian-Canadian relationship that seemingly could have motivated the move. So, Which means that it wasn't a news report that motivated Harper to do the right thing and protect Canadian citizens. It was information he was acting on from CSIS to protect the sovereignty and safety of Canadians and Canada. But but Trudeau, two years worth of this information just on Michael Chong that yeah. he knew. But once again, Trudeau's only real ideology is power. That's all he wants. He doesn't care how he gets it, how he maintains it, or what sort of levels of corruptness, corruption, that... He has to achieve to hang on to it. He is willing to allow a Canadian MP's family to be intimidated as long as the Chinese help him win elections. And you know, Sheila, uh, blackface is such a liar. I'm reading a news report in the Toronto Sun today on this issue and the related issue of um, Chinese police stations operating in our great dominion. And it says that the uh, Trudeau government says this has ended, meaning the uh, the Chinese police stations. Uh, no, it hasn't, you big blackface liar, you. Uh, just on Friday, I think the report's going up maybe later today, Ace uh, Shooter Maurizio and I went to a demonstration in Markham uh, where one of the, um, it's one of the edifices that is allegedly housing Chinese police. And I can tell you, because I've reached out to the RCMP personally on this, uh, the last communication I had with them goes back to September, Sheila, where they said the matter is under investigation and uh, there will be no further comment. Uh, wait a minute. So who am I supposed to believe? The RCMP saying the matter's under investigation or blackface saying, uh, no, we've shut down those police stations. 
yeah, I think I'm going with the RCMP. And again, why is this under investigation? Last month in New York, we had two individuals arrested by the police there for this. I believe there was a, an action in Houston, too. Uh, but here, um, you know, it's the three monkeys uh, see, speak and hear no evil, apparently, when it comes to uh, Blackface's beloved China, the nation that he so has admiration for in his heart. Right. Because their basic tyranny, dictatorship, allows them to turn on a dime. Yeah, it's you can't do that when you don't have to worry yeah. about human rights. And look at where Canada is going to, right? Yeah, every day is the Emergencies Act yep. when you're in China. Um, the video I skipped over, we should go back to because I realize now that it is in the uh, YouTube description oh, okay. for what we're watching here. And it's Justin Trudeau with his priorities apparently straight, according to him. Um, talking about not facing any traffic in New York City because what an absolute idiot he is. You Uh, won't believe this one, folks. How bad can it get? I'm Tom Clark, and this is yet another New York Minute. Well, anybody who comes to New York knows one thing, and that is that the traffic is a killer, but there are ways around it. For example, this. Yeah, it's a motorcade. Which is a great way to get around New York, except for one thing, when you're in a motorcade, sometimes you got a ride share. Hey, everyone. It's great to be back in New York. (laughs) See what I mean? I've seen this guy a lot in the last couple of days. He spoke to Global Citizen, then he spoke to the Council on Foreign Relations. He hung around my place last night. The guy's been around a lot, saying a lot of things. Tom Clark and this. Okay, that's good. I've had all those two that I can take. Tom Clark is the guy who asked Justin Trudeau, "What's your what shampoo do you use?" Yep. Uh, he's was, they were in a helicopter, they, I think, that time. Plane. Yeah, uh, he well, was no flying. No he would, here, of course. <laughs> yeah, well, they're in his Tom Clark's plane, and he would get politicians up there, and then because they can't escape, now is your <laughs> chance to ask them the tough questions. And his was, "What shampoo do you use?" Um, and then he was recently appointed the uh, consul general. Um, to New York. So he has this diplomatic appointment from Justin Trudeau. But to the disgrace of the Conservative Party of Canada, he was also hired as the moderator of the recent um, leadership debates of the uh, Conservative Party of Canada before Apollyev won. And uh, I was in that room and I thought I was going to lose my mind. And the room, I thought, was going to lose its mind when he was asking such hard-pressing questions as, what are you binge watching? What's on your iPod oh. shuffle or whatever the young people are using these days? Um, like it was just the dumbest and just the audible groaning. And like, it was like a a cringe in unison from the crowd where they want, wanted to like actually hear what would distinguish these candidates from each other. And it's like, what, what book are you really diving into? I'm like, what are you? What are you going to do about the dairy cartel? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, you know what? What I would say is this, uh, Sheila, to Tom Clark and to Blackface. Uh, can you guys just, I don't know, put your uh, money together and get one of those six thousand dollar rooms in New York City and just seal the deal uh, once and for all? It's like they're a couple of uh, 
lovers there. I, and I mean, the elitism is off the charts. Yeah, you know, you all you schleppers, be it citizens of New York or tourists, you have to endure gridlock. But when you're blackface, oh, he his time is much too important. He'll create more gridlock for you to suffer so that his motorcade can drive on through. And you know what, Sheila, you know the question what I would ask blackface if I was in a confined space? It wouldn't be what brand of shampoo you're using. It would be this. Um, Mr. Prime Minister, I couldn't help but notice that we're ensconced within the cabin of a Chevy uh, Suburban XL, uh, fossil fuels, eight-cylinder motor. Um, since we're all about reducing our carbon footprint, you know, there are EVs and plug-in hybrids in this category. Shouldn't you be uh, setting an example? Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, Blackface believes EVs and plug-in hybrids. That's, again, for the schleppers out there, not, not for the Canadian elite that he represents. And one last thing, uh, when um, uh, Clark mentioned, yeah, I've been bumping into this guy again. You know, uh, Tom Clark, you know the last time I bumped into Blackface? It was December 2021, and he sicked his cronies, his Royal Canadian mounted henchmen on me, beat me up, uh, broke my watch, uh, broke our equipment uh, because I had the temerity to stand on a sidewalk trying to scrum him a, a question or two, which he would normally ignore. So I, again, different set of uh, rules, isn't it, Sheila? If you're part of the lamestream media, as opposed to the independent press, you know, maybe asking some impolite or insensitive questions? Give me a break. Yeah, as a woman, I tend not to get into confined spaces with the likes of Justin Trudeau. <laughs> you never know what'll happen to you. Um, I'm but, sure uh, he'll experience it differently. <laughs> oh, he would. Um, <laughs> let's uh, F run the clip from Tom Clark just embarrassing himself and the entire profession of journalism <laughs> at the Conservative Party convention. Also, shame falls on the Conservative Party for choosing him. Look at this clip. I ask you, is, are you feeling oh, this is the this is the shampoo <laughs> clip. The entire country wants to know what shampoo do you use? <laughs> what a disappointing answer this is going to be. Whatever happens to be hanging around at the time. Uh, for, first of all, Sheila, even the Justin Trudeau cultists out there, um, Clark referenced that as this is what the entire country wants to know. I would reference it as uh, does anyone in this country want to know? Maybe not, but I'll ask it anyways. What shampoo do you wear? I mean, who is obsessed with the brand of shampoo that blackface is using every day? Th this is preposterous, Sheila. I can inform you with full confidence, I've never wondered <laughs> what sort of body care that Justin Trudeau was doing whatsoever, ever at all. Um, yeah, yeah. what Efron else has... in the medicine cabinet should we know about? What, what? Um, I don't know, hemorrhoid ointment do you like to use, uh, Mr. Yeah, Prime Minister? I don't care about his lotion. I don't care about his shampoo. I don't care about his deodorant. I don't, none of it, none yeah. of it. Nobody cares, nobody cares. Um, we've got the uh, clip from Efron Dug It Up or I guess Olivia dug it up of uh, Tom Clark's performance at the Conservative Party convention. Ooh. This one, yeah. I want to go to a question maybe a little more lighthearted, to getting to know you a little bit more. <laughs> I, and there are a lot of people who want to know this. It's not just me, trust me. 
But, uh, Mr. Baber, what was the last thing that you binge-watched on TV? Which <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to. By the way, I'm not laughing with them. I'm laughing at them. That whole preamble to Sheila, getting to know you, you know, it reminds me of that John Candy Second City sketch where he's the famous Russian weightlifter giving his own variety show. And in his tights holding a weight bar, he's doing that song. Getting to know you, getting to yeah. be like you and you. Once and again, you. Tom Clark prefaces his weirdo voyeuristic uh, <laughs> tendencies with politicians. He prefaces it as a an us problem, yeah. not a him problem, where he's like, it's not just me. Lots of people want to know this. No, it is just you, Tom. It is literally just you. Nobody cares. And I, by the way. Does Roman Baber seem like somebody who binge watches like anything? <laughs> like, <laughs> this is my impression. Um, I, I like Roman. I just don't think he's watching a lot of TV. I think he does more important things with his time. Um, it, you know, I, I saw I Roman at a Toronto event honoring uh, Daniel Smith, uh, your premier, um, Sheila. And I came up to him and I said, hey, Roman, right? And he turned around and the look, I, I mean, he looked like Bambi staring into the high beams of a Hummer. And I, right away I said, don't worry, Roman, I'm not going to ask for an interview, right? And the relief on his face, oh, uh, yeah. still still suffering from uh, rebel derangement syndrome, even though I think like you, he's a nice guy and uh, we're simpatico with the issues. It's so bizarre, isn't it? But Sheila, more to the point, who in blue hell was it that it works for the conservative party that booked uh, that imbecile Tom Clark to be the moderator at that debate. That was atrocious. Yeah, I don't know. It's probably the guy who repeatedly threw us out of Andrew Shear and um, <laughs> oh, Aaron that, O'Toole what's events. What's his name? Corey Hahn? The yeah, little the soy boy? Nerd. I think he's still no, wearing his I, I don't know face if he's soy boy bird, but he is a weaponized nerd for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like throwing us out of stuff when we, you could just let us ask a question and it's a good opportunity for your guy to shine uh, because we're asking questions that real conservatives want answers to. But instead, you throw us out and all the real conservatives are like, now I don't like that guy. Yeah. So no, I don't know. Just a Sheila, big misstep all around. I will never forgive that SOB uh, for not just throwing myself and my camera woman out of an outdoor event, but lying about where the property line was so that. My camera woman and I had to stand on a busy lane of traffic, even though the first meter of land was city property. He lied and he put us yep. in. A, they're always talking about safe situations. It's a matter of safety. He put us in a dangerous situation by having us literally on the road. That is unforgivable. I hope before I shrug off my mortal coil, I come face to face with that little lying wire. Well, you know. But who was really safe that day? It was Aaron O'Toole from Prickly Questions. And that's really all that matters to these people. Um, let's hit an ad break. Yep. And then we'll go into the kids' help phone video. Because oh, yes. that's also in the Rumble description. That's um, that's irritatingly interesting. So let's uh, go to that one after we hit the ad break, please. Have you checked out the fresh new swag we have at rebelnewsstore.com? Like this nifty resistance trucker sweater? We have warm, cozy sweaters, t-shirts, mugs, hats, phone cases, you name it. 
everything to fit your freedom-loving needs or maybe even trigger a liberal family member or friend. And for a limited time, you can use code SMERA10 at checkout to save 10% off of your total order. So head on over to rebelnewsstore.com, check out all of our new designs, make some purchases, and use code TAMARA, that's T-A-M-A-R-A, 10 at checkout for 10% off your order. Head on over, check it out. So Sheila, please set up this story about the kids' help phone line, and um, I'm going to weigh in with an anecdote uh, that I reported on regarding this um, uh, charity. And I'm re really, I mean, uh, who would be against the kids' help phone line? Uh, they're taking I guess I calls. am all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> taking calls from distressed youngsters. Uh, you know that that's a good thing. Unfortunately, folks, this is a horribly, horribly woke. Uh, organization right now. I'll tell you my story after Sheila gets to why they're in the news today. Yeah, they've gone the way of the YWCA, where they've yeah. been completely colonized by uh, wokeism and the radical left. And um, you, I, I think you, we need a helpline to help kids who may be um, groomed by kids' helpline. <laughs> like the kid's cell phone. We need like another line to deal with the kids who are potentially being groomed by these people. So let's show this vid. It's um, an ad being played on children's TV channels all across Canada. And it's featuring the drag queen story time duo of Faye and Fluffy. I don't know why those names gross me out so much, but they just do. Um, just give me the like the heebie-jeebies. Anyway, let's show this ad. What do you do when you have lots of feelings? Sometimes I like to hold my favorite stuffy. Yikes. Sometimes I like to draw my feelings. Sometimes I like to dance. Give your feelings a place to go. Feel out loud at kidshealthphone.ca. You do when you have lots of feelings. Uh, do you know well, what I do when I got lots of feelings like I do right now? I want to go to the gun range and lift some weights because <laughs> these people are giving me a lot of feelings and none of them are good. Sheila, to quote the Andrew Robinson character in the immortal Dirty Harry Please, I scare easy. Um, oh my goodness. Uh, you know, and, and this is part of the kids' help phone line. Well, of course it is. Uh, Sheila, my, my anecdote about this Uber woke organization there's a lady, she's a, um, a counselor, I believe, in Pickering, Lisa Robinson. She was running as a conservative candidate in 2021. Uh, her opposition smeared her. Uh, and uh, guess what? It was on a Friday and uh, Aaron O'Toole and his war room said, Lisa, we got your back 100 uh, percent by end of day Friday. Uh, Lisa, we need your resignation or we're going to um, just fire you anyways. Uh, that speaks volumes of yesterday's man, uh, Aaron O'Toole. But Lisa, what she does, Sheila, she uh, puts on an incredible haunted house attraction. You would love this. Oh, and you know how I love Halloween. Oh, I, it's my favorite. <laughs> she is absolutely fantastic. And uh, I mean, this is like, it, it's like carnival quality props, right? It's something you'd see at, uh, you know, Canada's Wonderland during their spectacular uh, events. And she raises thousands and thousands. Of, I think last time it was over 15,000. And she, one of the charities she went to to give several thousand dollars in a donation was the kids' help phone line. And what was motivating her, Sheila, is that during COVID, do you know that um, the phone yeah. line calls spiked 
by 350%. I believe it. Yeah, that's what happens when you can find a quarter's kids and take their lives away from them. And well, she and made, you've cut them off. You've also cut them off from mandated reporters, like teachers. Yes. And 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 Lisa made a comment about, um, you know, now that we're past COVID, we can get on with our lives, what have you. The person that took the call was so triggered by her narrative of COVID that this charity, and you know, they, there's an old saying, beggars can't be choosers. Oh, the kids help phone line. They're choosers, all right. And even though calls had spiked by 350%, they told Lisa Robinson politely, take your multi-thousand dollar donation and shove it where the sun don't shine. You triggered one of our woke soy boy uh, people at uh, the charity, and we're not interested in your money. Can you believe that? I mean, that is despicable, Sheila, because it shouldn't even matter where the money is coming right. from or who it's coming from. It's going to a good purpose. And this is what uh, this charity is all about. Of course, we reached out to them. Uh, nobody got back to us. We visited their uh, edifice, which was a, 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 a story into itself, Sheila. They have a... Um, a good portion of a floor on University Avenue. That's right downtown Toronto, folks. And yet everybody except one person was working from home. Then why yeah. is the office there? How much of donations is going to paying that big office? Anyway, Sheila, uh, uh, they may have done great work once upon a time. Maybe some of them still do, some of the counselors. But what a horrible charity in terms of getting infected by the woke virus. Yeah, I wanted to call the kids' help phone and tell them that there are a couple of weirdos on YTV ah. trying to groom my kids. You know what? That's a <laughs> story. A couple of cross-dressing weirdos on YTV trying to groom my kids, and I'm wondering what I should do about it. Like, the, I just don't understand what the point of – why can't you just have somebody normal – saying these same words you know, than this. Sheila, is it too much of an ask that if you're a dude and you're going to pretend to be a woman, uh, can you at least shave the facial hair? I mean, you know, this is like freak show stuff of yester decade. You know, the bearded lady or the fat lady, in this case, it looks like a, a hybrid of both. But Yeah, you they, used to pay money at a freak show to see these people. Yeah. And yeah. now, like, we're the freaks for raising questions? Unbelievable. Once again, reinforcing the gender stereotypes to tell me they're against every damn time. Um, but let's lend the end of the show before we get into the chats on a hopeful note because we're way past again. Okay. The top of the hour. Let's talk about what's happening to Bud Light after they went full Mulvaney. Yes. Um, during during hockey playoffs, by the way, bad move, guys. <laughs> um, so the conservative boycott, and I don't want to even call it a conservative boycott. This is a boycott on behalf of women and girls, um, and people who are standing up for our opportunities and yep. to have us not be treated like an absolute caricature of who and what we are. Um, Bud Light partnered with Dylan Mulvaney. Um, to immediate backlash. <laughs> and a lot of people, and I, I've seen this with my eyeballs firsthand, lifelong Bud Light drinkers are not touching this stuff right yep. now. They've decided to move over to Coors Light. They have ignored the um, 
I don't want to call it an apology, a pseudo apology. Uh, I'm sorry if we made you feel that way. Yep. You might have experienced it differently. Trudeau style apology. Yeah. From a Bud Wendy Light. Ashby apology. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm so sorry that you and I experienced yeah. this partnership with Dylan Mulvaney differently. Uh, they're still, they're completely not capitulating on this. They are still not drinking Bud Light and Bud Light sales have plummeted 26%. Wow. This is the, this is the moral of the story is you can bring these woke companies to their knees if you are willing to do the thing that you need to do. And that's hit them where it counts. And that's the bottom line. You know, we do boycotts. People do boycotts all the time. But then quickly, they sort of just fall back into their old habits. And the companies being boycotted know that. But this has been such a highly motivated boycott that that it's, it's very effective. And uh, this should scare a lot of these woke companies, Maybelline. This should really frighten you. But you know what, Sheila? You know, what's so inexplicable about Anheuser-Busch giving this the green light? Because you said Maybelline. I think MAC Cosmetics has hired uh, Dylan Mulvaney. I, I wouldn't have done that. But you could make the argument, at least when it comes to makeup, that a man passing himself off as a woman is indeed a customer. Uh, maybe they want to capture a big percentage sure. of the trans woman uh, market. So there is. This is the totally of... normal woman thing to do. What we're watching here, just shaving your lip. Like, look at this. No, I look know. Look at this. It, it, this it, is it, such an absolute mockery of us. I, I agree, but but Sheila, what I'm getting at is that at least with makeup. You know, you could see trans women being in that market. Bud sure. Light, I, probably their biggest demographic is college frat boys, who their director of marketing, um, who is now on leave, uh, maybe mental stress leave, took a shot at in her uh, Facebook interview where, oh, yeah, you know, uh, we, we're getting away from that whole, you know, frat boy thing. Oh, you mean... The people coming out of the Your beer customers? store with two cases <laughs> of Bud Light under each arm. This is, you got to know your audience in marketing, okay? And that's what makes this absolutely batshite crazy that they apparently have no knowledge of their market. That this is, or maybe we have to t speak in the past tense, this is or was the number one selling beer in America. Used to be Budweiser, and a couple of years ago, it knocked Bud off. Bud Light was number one. So again, it's a fix to a problem that does not exist. And then third, the public relations disaster, Sheila, that you referenced, of the non-apology. Like, we never meant uh, to, you know, to get beer drinkers snapping at each other. Oh, and hey, bring out the Clydesdales. Let's play up the red, white, and blue uh, and, and pretend this never happened like that uh, um, fifth season of Dallas. Uh, no, this is an ongoing disaster. And I watch with marvel, Sheila, that they still haven't taken the necessary steps to correct this train wreck. Look, I used to drink Coors Light. Uh, and Bud Light, like it, it, those were my like two options, right? Like those are your sort of your light mom beers where you don't want to get wasted too fast. I would drink Bud Light because all, you know, all your friends are sitting there drinking Bud Light. Your guy friends are drinking Bud Light. You grab one of their blue cans or whatever. 
I've gone back to my roots. I'm drinking Pilsner these days. So, so well, uh, you know, you know, it's it's a real easy choice to make. There are a lot of other beers that are remotely similar. Um, and you just you vote with your wallet. Um, and a lot of people are saying, you know, like, oh, you're you're being mean, mean to Dylan Mulvaney, who's just out there making fun of women every chance he gets. Um, Matt Walsh, who has received a lot of criticism for calling Dylan Mulvaney a cheap facsimile of womanhood, which, or uh, like a Nails deep it. fake. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's a deep fake of who and what we are. Um, he, he posted this clip of Dylan Mulvaney calling for the arrest of his critics. Um, maybe we could, <laughs> no, like it's just crazy, just madness. Um, people hurt my feelings. And so they should go to jail, um, which is absolutely crazy. But this is, you know, like when you're telling people, that someone is committing a genocide against you if they've misgendered you. Um, they're, of course, this is the next logical step in their brain. If genocide is a crime and misgendering is genocide, then these people have to go to jail. That's how you square that circle. So listen to this absolute lunatic. Like the articles written about me using he pronouns and calling me a man over and over again. You are. And I, I feel like that should be illegal. I, I don't know. That's that's just bad journalism. Uh, yeah, just one little thing, uh, Mr. Uh, there's something in the U.S. Constitution called the First Amendment. Uh, that's why it's not illegal. By the way, it's not a slur. It's truth in advertising. You are a biological man. You are playing a woman. You are pretending to be a woman. And, you know, I got to tell you, Sheila, uh, two weeks ago, uh, I was filling in for the big boss man uh, doing the Ezra Levant show. My monologue was on this Bud Light uh, fiasco. And my point at the end of it was simply this. This is not just about a brand of beer. This is not about a marketing campaign gone off the rails. I think this came along at a point in time when Americans and indeed people around the world are just sick and tired of having this radical trans agenda shoved down our bloody throats. This is it. I buy a beer to get a refreshment, not a sermon. Anheuser-Busch seems oblivious to this, and maybe that's why their stock value at one point was down by $6 billion US. And look at how the other side is reacting to this. Like Dylan Mulvaney wants to use the law to compel me to say things that I must use his words or go to jail. I must write his words with my pen or go to jail. These people are insane. Insane. That's tyranny. If you want to yeah. put words in my mouth and compel me to speak them under threat of incarceration. That's madness. But that's what all this capitulation has done. You know, and like are any that's where these, we are. And are any companies going to learn from this? I would suggest yes, but there are outliers. Uh, Sheila, I uh, sent you that photo over the weekend. I was in the LCBO. I was in the mood for a wheat beer. I saw something new in the uh, craft beers of Ontario section. Uh, it was called Queen of Wheat, uh, wheat beer uh, made by oh, yes. Spearhead Brewery. I picked it up and then I went, whoa, put the brakes on because I'm looking at the logo of Queen of Wheat. 
uh, maybe it's king of wheat because the queen uh, is holding a spear and not one, but two pride progress flags. Well, those, whatever. Those are the rainbow flags, folks, with the uh, BIPOC vagina uh, symbol embedded into it. Um, and I'm thinking, holy Bud Light, Batman. Uh, I'm sorry, but I'm not. I think our super producer found the image I'm <sighs> speaking of. Uh, there you go, folks. For some reason... What, why are I, there two Pride Progress flags on that can? Anyways, uh, my $3.25 weren't going to that brewery. And you know what? I bet you it's a good beer. I've heard good word about it. But you put that on a can. Guys like me, bye-bye, uh, King of Wheat beer. But I don't care. Here's the thing. At least that's truth in advertising. At least they are marketing to the Mulvaney's and they started there by right. marketing to the Mulvaney's. Correct. They didn't say, oh, all you frat boys, hockey game watchers, NASCAR watchers, rodeo guys. Um, they didn't say to them, okay, well, we don't like you guys anymore. We're not going steady anymore. We want the Mulvaney's of the world. At least this is truth in advertising. We know this is a woke company. We can choose to support this woke company or not, as you did, but at least they're upfront about it. So I don't really care what they do. They can do whatever they want with their company. It's the dishonesty of what Bud Light did that but I Sheila. find particularly unpalatable. This yeah. at least is honest. If you want to be, if you are Dylan Mulvaney that strolls into the beer store and you grab that because it's marketed towards you, great. We That's perfect. Yeah. We've got a match made in heaven. It's the Bud Light jettisoning, jettisoning its own customers for the sake of wokeness that I find so objectionable. Yeah. Sheila, everything you said, I take your point 100%. But I would put this up for debate. Even if that is, you know, what you're about, you're, you're embracing wokeness, why not keep the politics off the beer can and the advertising just for your own selfish self-reasons to appeal to everybody? Because, yeah. And I am the example. I was going to buy that can of beer. If I liked that beer, I might have been a regular drinker of that beer. Sorry, until uh, those uh, Pride Progress flags are gone, I ain't drinking that beer, plain and simple. Maybe I'm doing this despite myself. Maybe this is the best wheat beer in the world. I don't know. I guess I'm never going to know. But that's what I would say. When somebody comes to me for my product, I don't care if it's a can of beer or an automobile, I'm keeping the politics off. I want to appeal to everybody. And that is not the I, case with this. You know, I, I and I'm not going to disagree with you. I take your point there too. Uh, you know what? If you have a market that's woke and you think you can sell to them by being woke, go ahead. If yep. you are already selling to customers who are not woke, I don't know why you would go woke. <laughs> but also simultaneously, if you are somebody like Black Rifle Coffee Company and you are fairly conservative and you support veterans issues and you're very upfront about it and people support you because of that. Great. But it's the bait and switch part that I hate. Yeah. That's the part that really bothers me. That's true. And you know what? And I mean, you know, it's funny. You mentioned veterans issues. We have a veterans day in this country for those who are serving, for those who serve, for those who paid the ultimate sacrifice one day, November 11th, and what do we have for the rainbow people community? It was Pride Day, Pride Week, Pride, Pride Month. Month, 
Pride season, I believe we're up to now. Uh, I, I guess the next extension is just Pride year, Pride decade, Pride century. I mean, it's unbelievable. What do you think is more important to recognize, folks? What the veterans have done or, I don't know, kowtowing to this madness uh, of a community demanding affirmation as opposed to simple acceptance and tolerance? Uh, frankly, I can't wait till the left comes up with the pride poppy. And then maybe the Legion will quit being so woke and get in an open fight <laughs> with the left and quit trying to appease them as they have been over recent years. So well, well, you bring on what, the pride Sheila? poppy so they can fight it all out in public. We did that as a gag. We went onto the campus of Ryerson or whatever the hell they call my alma mater. And uh, we were uh, presenting four reboots of the poppy. And uh, one was indeed a rainbow colored poppy. And I got to tell you, for once, the kids didn't let me down. They were going, you know what? I, I see what you're saying, inclusion, all that. But I think we should really respect the poppy as just the red flower, right? That was the consensus. I was blown nice. away. <laughs> Do you know, sometimes I think the kids are going to be all right, but then... <laughs> <laughs> then they're not. So I, I don't know. Uh, let's get to some of these uh, okay. <laughs> few chats here um, because we're 20 minutes past the hour. Okay. Uh, Ableist SL gives us five bucks. How you Have you heard about how the Irish government is trying to implement regressive hate style speech laws? Regressive style hate speech laws, I'm sorry, hmm. which they are allegedly pushing through to cover up Islamic crimes. They're tyrants. Um, I'm not sure if that's the motivation for it, but if you... Um, Listen to the podcast of Anne McElhaney and Phelan McAleer, uh, two Irish filmmakers based in California, actually. They're excellent. I, I cannot recommend them enough, but they discuss um, these uh, hate speech style laws and just how woke Ireland has become in an extraordinary amount of time. Like, it is just fascinating how Ireland has gone from basically a Catholic theocracy uh, to just this absolute woke madness in like under a decade. And it's it's very fascinating how quickly it is all unfurling there. That, that is unbelievable. By the way, speaking of Southern California, uh, uh, Sheila, do you know today is the first day of the um, Hollywood writer's strike? Um, is, is that going to affect your life dramatically? No, no. You no. know what? Bring on the reality TV. <laughs> that's that's how we got reality TV last time. Did you know that? The writer's strike. The last writer's strike is yeah, like, I, that's how I we. I know it lasted for a hundred days. That could be a reality show. All these writers being ignored by public that don't care for their services. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, like that's how we got like Survivor and all those, like that initial, like yeah. first batch of reality shows is they didn't have writers. So they're like, well, we just better film people doing things. And wow. I don't know. I think it worked out okay for the industry. Not that I watch all that much TV yeah. as it is. But um, I, again, just like the PSAC strike, will we even notice? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> um, cool Beans 89 gives us five bucks. I want blackface. What kind of makeup he used to become blackface? I'm going to stop right here and apologize <laughs> to my friend Mike, who becomes very irritated because David never calls Trudeau by his name, Trudeau, or Prime Minister Groper, or whatever. He always just says blackface, and Mike finds it very irritating. And um, Who's this Mike? Mike? Which Mike? Our beloved so Mike is... here on staff? No, and it's not Mike Mayer from Freedom Honey. It's uh, <laughs> Mike, my daughter's godfather. Oh, and uh, so I, I said I would try to intervene, but I cannot change who David is. So here we are. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Thank you for bestowing this freedom upon me to call oh, you Minister Blackface. <laughs> Look, I don't put words in your mouth. I'm against that. <laughs> um, J.D. Bedbrook. Oh, by the way, I should acknowledge that Cool Beans 89 is a monthly supporter of us on Rumble. Oh. Uh, so thank you very much for thank that. Thank you. Um, JD Bedbrook gives us five bucks. So I'd just like to say that I'm so impressed with your Catholic school. So am I, but it also involves the odd little pop in. <laughs> just you have to sort of. I'm not a helicopter parent by any means, uh, um, with my kids, but I am with um the people who are around my kids. I try to be very aware of who and what those people are and what they're talking about, and um, I want them to know that I know everything at all times nothing gets past old Sheila. You know what I mean? Um, and, anyway, and yet they have not been infiltrated by the wacko woke crowd. Yeah, so far so good. Um, but I think it, a lot of it has to do with the active involvement of parents and the, um, you know, the the, the church and, and uh, just all those things like working together in unison to make sure that our kids come out the best possible way. And yeah, I do. I pop in. <laughs> just hey i'm here you have my most precious investment so i'm just here to check on it um <laughs> razor mcburney yeah like you should treat your kids at least as good as you treat your car like <laughs> you wouldn't just well, give anybody the keys to your car you're giving them the keys to your kid every day act accordingly let's not get outrageous here <laughs> <laughs> All right, David. Uh, Fraser McBurney. I say this every time. I'm sure it's getting redundant, but he's a fight the fines recidivist and a fight the fines winner <laughs> from Hamilton. Uh, habitual protester. And we love him for it. He's out there fighting for freedom during the pandemic, after the pandemic. Um, I think protesting is like his hobby uh, at this point, which is great. You know, fresh air, getting out there and marching around cardio um anyways and he loves his caps lock which i'm not sure if his keyboard's broken or if he's yelling or if he's just a really enthusiastic <laughs> guy i'm gonna err on the side of the third he's very enthusiastic gives us five bucks and says rebel may not be in lisbon that's for the bilderberg thing gathering of the elites demoniacs um anyways but they'll be in toronto for the worldwide rally on may 20th 2023 i'll be in hamilton doing the same thing um, yes, we probably will be out there covering the worldwide rally. If not, we'll take a, a cruise past um, and see what's what. And I think now we are 25 and, minutes past the top of the hour and uh, we're all done, at least on my side. But go and ahead, that's David. why we do like the likes of uh, Fraser, uh, as you called him, Sheila, a habitual protester. And when he brings his, uh, you know, son out to these protests, well, mm -hmm. that's a son of a habitual. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Let's wrap Do we it have up. a laugh track, uh, <laughs> super producer? No, no, no laugh track. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I better quit while I'm ahead. What am I saying? That oh, was that happened a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you cheeky monkey! Well, <laughs> uh, folks, thank you so much for tuning in, especially those uh, generous enough to make a donation. Greatly appreciate that, and of course, uh, super producer Efren flying solo behind the boards today, and my beloved co-host Sheila Gunn Reed. I'll be back here tomorrow. Who my partner will be? Who knows? But you never lose. It's always we always bring it here at Rebel News for you, folks. So in the meantime, as usual, stay safe and. Stay sane! <laughs>